<laughs> All right, six pack lap of that. We got Coco Clement from France, one of the French shooters uh, in the 105s. And we were just saying how, um, you know, I was talking about some of the people I had on from France and obviously Pena. And you're just saying how it's true. There are some people you hear them talk and it's just easier to listen to them talk. They're saying the story or they find the words, you know what I mean? And they, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Pena's one of them. Yeah, for sure. And you're just like, yeah, go ahead. And you sit back and you're like, Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true man he's got he's got a way with words it helps mm -hmm. um you know having people like that come on and it's difficult like people don't realize like because you guys are coming from france english isn't your first language and nah, you guys and are we're pretty bad it. we're like uh, like not bad. We're, we're doing good but like yeah. overall french people are really bad i swear man is if, that right i mean like if you can come to but you will come from, to france and i think you're right. coming to like to paris soon right that's right just, just try to speak to people and i think like paris is just like one of the best city to do that because like most of like the like the foreign people just go to paris because it's paris but if you get, get up, like away from paris just try to speak english and you'll see that like, you'll be there's maybe like 10 of the population oh shit like english and i'm not i'm not saying good english i'm just like be able to I'm not just I'm just saying being able to like understand you and answer you and if you I think really like people that can speak like clear and fluent English is like maybe like less than 10% of the population in France oh my gosh man because when I talk to you know people in the French team like yourself Leah obviously uh Penna mm -hmm. like um actually now I think about that's not a big sample yeah. size I thought I was gonna have a big yeah. list maybe <laughs> it's, it. it's not a lot that's, of people that's basically actually. it but like, you guys some order yeah yeah, yeah. It, we because we had to like pana and i is like we're we've been like into birth like in thing for a while so obviously there is a lot of things that you just need to like speak english to be aware of mm -hmm. and like we're just trying like to just like know a lot about like overall like programmation coaching and things like this so we just right. have to be able to speak english to find all of the data we need but yeah like overall there's not a lot of people speaking english and i think it's just like like english people they just speak english because like english is just the main language in the world and i think since french is like also a pretty big language like mm. way back after english but still pretty big i think that's why like people are like yeah i don't really need to speak something else because i can just find like maybe five or six countries in the world that speaks this language if i want to like travel you know it's well i mean look canada has if you want to go to canada you can go to quebec Go yeah. to Montreal yeah. and you're good. Like it's a different kind of French, yeah, but, but just like English changes from Canada mm -hmm. and America to you to the UK, English will change a little too. But you'll still get by. You'd be fine in Canada and Quebec. Like yeah, you'd be all right. But, well, I, I spoke with a lot of like Canadian from from Quebec, and basically, if you speak English, it's even easier. You just have to speak French and add some English word here and there. Is that? Are you serious? <laughs> easier? You, they try to talk to you in French. You're like, stop. <laughs> talk so, to me in english <laughs> basically because it's, it's funny because like they're they have just word that fits better like in english so they just say it in english and if you don't speak english you're like okay what does that mean <laughs> no shit well it makes so, it kind of makes sense because canada obviously is french and english like two official languages um so it makes sense that they would blend it especially I mean, it's not just Quebec, even in Northern Ontario has like, cause I live in Ontario, right? With like Toronto and whatnot, even Northern Ontario, there's full on towns, nothing but French. It's kind of weird. Oh, yeah? Like, like we're pretty, yeah, it's, it's, it's very unique. Like I think other, other countries obviously has more languages, but. Um, yeah, no, I don't think there's countries that have like 
two like really official languages. So maybe there's like like colonial countries where there's like the um, like the whole language and they're they're the new one from like the Cologne. But right. even that that's pretty rare. Like most of the time it's just one that dominates the other a lot. And then there's like either only whole people that can speak the old the on the other one or really young people. But it, you know it's really rare that like in the culture you're able to speak both. I like think. at least with like Western nations anyways. Cause like um like even I mean official language, like if you pick up a box of cereal, it's in French and English. Like it has to be. Oh, yeah? Like everything you buy has to be French and English. Has to be. Just like in, in Canada or oh in yeah, in, in Canada, just in Canada. In Canada. It because it's a because we're both two official languages, everything, every product you oh. buy has French on it too. Okay. And um, if you apply for a job in Ottawa, which is like the capital of Canada. It's like you cannot get a government job if you don't speak French as well, man. We are like, there's far more people who speak English, obviously, but for, you could get by if you come from France. You could like every label on things and like whatever, like you could, you'll get by, you'll be all right. You'll you'll bump into a lot of people who don't speak mm -hmm. French, but you could still figure things out. Yeah, live your life and everything yeah, will yeah. be okay. okay. Oh yeah, That's... especially if you went to like Quebec, you're your goal there so, are people like there are people in quebec who don't even speak english yeah oh right? don't even speak english <laughs> no english zero you'll come across them try talking to them they'll look at you like i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> really yeah man <laughs> yeah but yeah so the thing is like every time i speak with like canadian people when i speak french it's really funny because i'm like i'm trying to find like a really like specific french word and i'm like I'm like, yeah, if I say that, maybe they will not get the point that I'm trying to say. So I'm right. just saying it in English. And like, I'm, I'm trying to have like a normal accent in English, even though it's like, it's, it's, it still sounds Frenchy. So I'm just switching my accent, like mid phrase, you know, and I'm speaking <laughs> with a French accent and then like, there's English. And I swear it's so, it's so strange. Sometimes I'm like, okay, sometimes I'm like, mm, is, like, am I supposed to speak French, English? What do I choose now? So Switch I just say both. <laughs> like I understand that like they don't really get what I'm trying to mean so I just say it back in English and they're like mm, okay I know now <laughs> you know it's interesting too so like George St. Pierre French Canadian athlete um, you know MMA fighter one of the greatest UFC fighters all time and George St. Pierre is from Montreal he grew up speaking French number one language is, is French and um, obviously Canadian though and he talks about how like like he could speak you know, English very fluently, but he talks about how before like a match, a fight, some, sometimes the guy he's, he's fighting will do trash talk. And it's obviously in English. And he'd be like, people like, you know, you never get pulled into trash talk. You always avoid that, whatever. And he's like, yes, with my brand, you know, a lot of the times I'm fighting someone who's not Canadian and they would be like, oh, the polite Canadian. It's easy for me to lean into that. And then people will expect that I take the high road. So it's different. So that worked for me. But he's like, but if I'm honest, there were times when someone's trash talking at a press conference, I want to fire back. But he's like, you got to keep in mind when I think in my head, the voice is French, bro. The voice is French. So he's, he's, he's like, I'm trying to be like, he's like, I will light you up in French, but no one's going to know what I'm talking about. I understand you. And he's like, I'm trying to convert my really good burn into English in like two seconds before the moment. Like the beat passes no. and it's gone. And like, Fuck, I miss, like, I can't, you know, he's like, so I feel it. he's like, it happens a couple of times. Like, ah, 
fuck it. I'm just going to play the nice guy. Like, it's yeah. not going to work. He's like, I, I because you're just it. sounds dumb because you're trying to argue. So you're supposed to like, you know, sounds like you you can do it. And then you're yeah. like, it's not gonna come sounds... up right and then and then he'd be like well why don't you speak french then asshole let's see what happens because i know two languages yeah. you know one Definitely. but uh i totally get you it's interesting that so you and pennant did you guys start learning english specifically knowing like for learning more about powerlifting or how did so, how did how'd you guys start learning it i'm not sure about Pana. i think he learns it he learned like a lot of, like in school already because he had like he has like a low license and it's, it's about like international law. So I think it just had to be good in English because everything is in English. For me, uh, it's, it's mainly like, I, I was just watching a lot of or like fitness content and things like this, but back in like five years ago or something. And in mm. France, there was like pretty much nothing in French. So I just, if I wanted to watch this kind of stuff, I just had to learn English. So I was not able to speak a word of English, but I just listened to all my videos in English. And wow, that, that's dude. all I did, I learned English. You fucking taught yourself a new language <laughs> off of yeah, like basically. social media content. Dude, this is crazy. Yeah. But I'm pretty good like at learning language. Like for example, like lately I learned like Deutsch. So I don't speak like German. I don't speak German really good, but I was really bad at it. And now I can really speak with like anyone that is, that is like uh, German and I can understand it really well. And I don't know, it's, it just sounds easy for me. And I think once you learn one language, then it just gets easier to learn other one because you just... You know, you know what you have to do to learn it. And did you teach yourself German as well? Yeah. So like uh, I have I have friends and my ex-girlfriend that was like German. So sometimes I just I was just like, OK, let's just speak German with her. So she's happy because she doesn't speak German a lot because we were speaking English together. Yeah. And then I just learned German like this. Holy shit, dude, <laughs> so you are like, smart. Yeah. So, I, <laughs> I mean, you you um, dude, that is tough. I I. So I took French immersion, like when I was in grade school, all the way up to high school, soon as we got into high school. And I yeah, mean, we're school. learning science, geography, math in French. I'm in like, French. Uh, it full on in French. If you're in French immersion it means every single, every single subject is in French. I had to pull out. Cause I was like, <laughs> I can't, I, I, these are too complex. Of yeah. I mean, yeah. Ideas, in but French, like man. some people in terms of linguistics, they can just yeah. learn things. It's, I think it's just easier for some people somehow. It's the way they function. Yeah, I, I think, I, as I told you, I think once you learn one, then it just gets easier and easier because you just maybe, you know maybe. how you have to do it, you know? And like, for example, I had English in school for like from when I was like 12 to 18. So six years of English. And I, I did not learn a single thing from school. I think mm. it's just not... It's just that most of the time in France, you're like, yeah, like languages are not that important. So you're focusing on like your main like study and you're just right. letting all of the languages away. So you're like, mm. but when it really gets important for you and you have like something to win from it, then it just gets easier, you know? And it's a bit, a bit like everything is just about priority. If you just really want it, then it will, it will be like not easy, but it will be doable to do it. One, that's probably at 100%. If you yeah, need this, sure. if someone like, uh, like I was saying, same thing in school, I was like, man, this is tough. But if someone's like, you're entering into a community, well, like powerlifting, where podcasts, sponsors, everything. everything is English, learning about how to program technique, everything is English or, or like a different language. Um, yeah. Let's, and they were like, if you learn this language, sky's the limit, brother. 
But if yeah, you don't, it opens you so much door that you will like, for example, this, like I, I would have not been able to do the podcast with you if I was not able to speak English. Right. And I think there's a lot of people like among like the polling world that you want to make a podcast with, but you're just not able to because they're not able to speak English. And it's just a fact. There's so much thing that you can do when you're able to speak along like the most spoken language in the world. It's um like I've done podcasts where I bring on a translator. It's yeah, difficult it, because there's like I talk to the translator. Yeah, and then and the translator like, talks to them and then they talk back to the translator and then they tell yeah. me. And if you're listening to the audio, it, it could be like, good. Mm. yeah, too long. It's too long in between. Yeah. And, and it's not a free flowing conversation. It is such a, and this is what we take for granted. I've talked to uh, Penn about it when he's been on. We're in some English speaking language uh, countries we take for granted, but Penn was like, listen, there was like almost a barrier in France because some of the reason why things opened up in France is because like there was a barrier almost with so many people like you said yeah. don't understand English. So like training in like uh, mm -hmm. the latest training ideas and stuff like that, that were flowing all over the world weren't coming in. They weren't coming into France and no. making their way. And then Penn was like, uh, like some of the old school people just did what they always did, right? And there's no innovation. And Penna knew he, like, he was talking about how he's like, I started taking the RTS, Mike T, yeah. you know, like we classes. Did at the same time. It was funny. Oh, is that because, right? Tell me about that. So th that's, that's really a funny story because Pana and I, we started producing pretty much like I, I studied a bit before and all we met. So basically he commented one of my, on of my posts where I like, I was making like a little like info about like, I think it was like specificity, like the thing we like, obviously. And I was just explaining it in French and I think in English too. And he was like, oh man, I just like, I just love how like you talk and you think about powerlifting. And we just started to talk, like to talk and we went in DM and then we talk, we talk, we talked. And we, that's basically all we met. And we just discovered like ourselves about powerlifting. And at that time, like it was 20, 2018, I think when world were in Calgary's in calgary yeah yeah dog you were 18 years old a sub yeah. junior i didn't know this was you man you i was won. there yeah, yeah i didn't I even there. know yeah. i didn't even know at the time i would have been commentating <laughs> yes you i think you commented commented how crazy is so. life I how crazy you, yeah. is life dude and i remember yes you did and the funny thing like i i have to find that back and send it to you like um i pull i pulled for the win so at that time i i think i scored like 292 then i benched like i don't remember like 185 or something maybe maybe even less Fuck, and then i had to kid. pull and i had to pull my last pull deadlift which was for deadlift wall record uh total world record and also first place uh first like first place um overall wheels when it was still wheels back then yeah and my, my attempts were 290 first then 300 because like the national director from France told me you have to pull this because this is a world record on deadlift and we want you to be sure to have it so I did 290 300 and then he told me what do you want to put and I said okay what's my total now and he said like I think 763 or 773 and he said uh and I asked him like what is the world record and he said okay that's like 793 or something and I said okay just pull three just put two three twenty three point five on the bar and I did like a 23.5 kg jump holy the, sh second, <laughs> the second to the third and I was like okay I'm just gonna pull it and I, so I did 290 300 300 323.5 and I just pulled it and then I had like all of the records but if I missed that one I would have been first like in my weight class because I had a lot of like I had a lot of room to spare but I would have not made first in the, the wheels I would have not have my 
water cooler on total and i think i think there's like something else too but i all have missed everything so i had to pull it and i just did it and you oh, commented this this is I crazy I, I don't remember off the top of my head but like yeah. i mean this is years ago and i would have had no idea what you become later on in life like isn't that crazy <sighs> how life is that like, you don't know yeah. like yeah in like five years we're gonna be talking on a podcast and this is like we're reliving <laughs> yeah. this moment yeah. i wonder if i i don't even know if i would have known at the time all of what went into that deadlift with all the yeah. different things that you mentioned because i don't know if i'd have that information in front was of sub junior first or obviously there's like less care about it for her and also it's just it's just i think it's just long and you cannot be like informed about anyone everyone and especially sub junior you just miss on oh, su sub juniors you can't even do like research yeah. really like the, what happened like people come in out of nowhere and then they're already in the juniors the next year and like it's uh, like in terms of records, I'll know the open records, but sub juniors is going to be, yeah. like, you know, there's only and so many, you're not going to know this stuff, of but course. you're, and that's why I choose to put open. That's the mainly the reason why, because everyone cares about open, but oh, yeah. juniors a bit more, but everyone cares about open. And I will say 50% of the people care about junior. So right. yes, just open is what matters. And that's why it says open. It's just every weight, like every uh, like weight. No, like I uh, age class. Yeah. Or, yeah. Well, well, like you had already won the sub juniors. Like if you had not won the sub juniors and you weren't already, like you didn't, weren't already a world champion. Do you think you would have gone open anyways or? Yes, sure. I, yeah. I, I won sub junior, but I never won junior. Right. And last year, like I had the choice of going junior, which was pretty much for sure a win. And I, I would have also win the first like the uh, IPF point. Because uh, we, we did the calculation with Gavin after, and I like I beat him for for like not so much, but I, I beat him. So I would have won both, but I still choose to go open because for me this, that's that's the end goal, and I, I I really don't care about the junior title because it doesn't mean anything. Uh, it doesn't mean that I'm the best in my weight class. It, it means that I'm the best among people that are less than 23 years old, which right. re restricted a lot. Right. I mean, it's and you ended up on the podium, man. Like you were. Yeah. The difference in two months, because you competed two months earlier, but like yes. your total went up like fucking like it's crazy, like 25 yes, or something crazy kilo. I think I think I did like 875. But once again, I, I pulled my last deadlift and I missed on grip at the top. And this deadlift will have gave me like 83 something. Okay, gotcha. So it's closer so than it looks. Yeah. Mm. But but still, but uh, so I want to go back though. So you and Penna. You guys met around the 2018 time, yeah. And you're a teenager, and you yes. started talking back and forth. And this is Penna before Penna's Penna. Like yeah, this is it. This is the Penna even, we know. No, it was at that time. It was starting powerlifting because it started like I think we started them on the same time. But since I was sub junior, I became competitive sooner, obviously. And I was already in the French team. I was already like world champion or about to get it to be it and he was not in the in the french team uh, like for at that time and there was a lot like a lot of like battles with like in, inside people from the from france and we just i don't know man it just felt so natural and we just spoke so much and we just spoke about because at that time we were both that's the moment where we were both like okay we want to be athlete full-time and we also want to coach because we just like that's our passion we just want to do it and we like we just met and we just talk about our past and we just both like understood that we just dropped from school so he just had his Fucking license wild. his low license 
like I think six months before and I was in med school and we just dropped out of school at the same time and just went like, okay, let's just hold Dude, it. Dude, okay, so here's the thing. So he's going to school for law to be a lawyer, I guess, yeah. right? And you're and going to- three years. Three years into and, and law it, school. And and the thing is, is like school, it was one of the best in France. So he had really like a bright future from that. He's a smart guy. I mean, Penn yeah, is a sure. smart guy, anyone who met him. And then- um. And you're going to med school, like yeah. your guys' parents are like, yeah, my son's gonna be a doctor. Yeah, my <laughs> okay. son's gonna be a lawyer. I, I'm gonna and be honest guys... with you. I did not tell them. I, I did not tell them that I dropped out of school. Oh because shit! At that time, I was not like I, I wasn't able to like live by myself, like financially. So they were paying for my rent, like from my the place where I had to go to school. And it was like, hmm, I go to school. Yeah, there was like always oh, going and say, hmm, yeah, good, really good, fine, fine. It's a oh hard, no! Yeah, man. Fuck, how did they but find out? That's a tough conversation. At that time, like my, my parents were not really concerned because I was playing soccer before and my dad was like a really huge like soccer fan. And I stopped because I had like some mental or like some health issue and I just had to stop. And that's when I started like powerlifting. And then at that time, they were not really like okay with my this my decision of stopping like uh soccer because they thought like I had like a future or something. Mm. And they were like, okay, like we don't really want to know what you're doing as a sport now because they were like a bit mad about it. Mm. And they were not really like knowing what I was doing before I became world champion. That's when like my dad found out which sports I was doing when I became world champion, basically. So, so how did you tell them, hey, by the way, I dropped out of school. And like, not- that's a tough car. At some I, point, I they did. So they yeah, still was... think you're in school. They still think you're a doctor. <laughs> yes, <five years> later, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, still... dude, this is going on too long. You can't do this, man. <laughs> no, I, I basically never did, and I think they just got it because, like, I like in France when you you're going to French team, then you have like a pro, like it's like a government statute or something like this. And when by the time I got this. Like I just tell them, okay, I got this. And they were like, oh, that's really cool. And they say, what about your studies? And I said, well, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. I, I had to make a choice. So I never really said, I just tell them like I had to make a choice. And like, anyways, now like I, I'm finance, financially free. So like, I don't really need you to be okay with that. With that. I'm just telling you that I stopped that and I will do, I will do something else now. So there's a few things we got to talk about all in there. Uh, well, first off, so we'll double back here. You and Pena, it's pretty wild that you and Pena, one's going to be a lawyer, one's going to be a doctor. You just meet, you start tossing around these ideas. And this is like two guys who like form a band, drop out of school, form a band, because it's so wild. <laughs> yeah. Because nobody previous to you, and people don't realize too, like in all of France, nobody had reached the levels you guys have reached. No one had learned English to go outside and learn, take all these English speaking courses to up your programming, to up your knowledge. And, and be able to come on podcasts to push. Like, in terms of a vision you and Penn had, nobody had fucking done this in France. The risk you're taking, like mm. for Americans or Europeans to hear this and be like, well, yeah, but you could, you could make a living doing this. No, no, no. In France, the climate was like, nobody was because no one, France in 2018 had no shooters. Okay. No, France didn't have no shooters. The shooters came no afterwards in yeah. being a professional coach, being like breaking through and like people who actually knew what they were doing in, in developing world-class yeah. athletes. None of it. There was no, there none was, of it. There was really like zero, none, no one. Like, first of all, there was like maybe 
for international lifter, and I was one of them, which was a sub and I was a sub junior. So we're, we, there was no market, there was no one that had the level to make you like be not famous, but just to show show up to work like internationally and show people what you're able to do and how you're able to help people. And th th this was not existing at that point. Like I lived with barely enough money to pay my rent and eat for pff, maybe two and a half years. And mm -hmm. I was training in the commercial gym at the time because I had no money and there was no politing gym. So I was just squatting 300 kg on like commercial bar and I was hurting myself from everywhere because I had no choice, but we just, we just choose that because we like, we knew what we wanted. And of course it was really hard because first of all, we had no support because like, even if you tell that to your family, they will be like, you're just dumb. Like, obviously, because it's just not, it's not just a risk. It's like a huge risk. Yeah. And I don't know. We just, we're just like, we know what we want and we know that we can be good at that. So we're just going to go in that. And that's what we want to do. And then like all of the things like went pretty fast. And we started to coach and then people started to become better. And there was like, like a little trend that will just launch in France where the sport was getting hyped and people were like, oh, okay, there's something really cool that's going on. And then we just started like a team. The, we, it's like a team we, I started in 2018 with Pana and another friend. And then all of the high-level athletes just went in that team and then it just, it just exploded from there. The, like it's, thank God you guys found each other, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, imagine you did. Like, like you might have thought, especially you're a teenager, but like, uh, you might have thought, and he might have thought, like, am I crazy? Can I do this? And because uh, nobody had before, you're learning English, you got all these ideas, and it helps to find the right person at the right time yeah, who can sure. look you back and be just, like, I got the same dream, and let's yeah, do this. We just pulled each other up so much. Like, right. we're like, just, we want to do this. We, and we both wanted to do it. And that's all. We just started everything. We started the team. We started Silent Worker together, our brand. We started so much thing. And it just grew up, and it, it still is. And that's, that's like, really incredible. To Dude, the, the people that have come through, like, you guys, it's like a generation of, of lifters that have come through. And, um, like, it, it, put this, we talk about often – like Matt Gary, and we say like, like he's a legendary game day coach from the US. He was on team, he's in so many major battles, but he's been powerlifting for decades. And he literally wrote a book about like game day coaching. And a lot of the national team coaches read this book, came through it. And we say, whether you know it or not, you're if you're a high level yeah, coach, you've been influenced sure by Matt Gary. Like he's influenced you, even if you don't know it. Yes, he's influenced you because if you got your advice from this other guy, this other guy, like like Eric, me. Eric Helms wrote books and a bunch of people read them. Eric Helms was influenced by him. Like every however it works, right? And um, it's I remember having pen on the podcast, and it's the same for you right now. It's like you guys realize whether or not directly someone worked with you or whatever, you have left a footprint in the game in France that like opening the door and spreading information, converting it from English to French, even if someone's like, like there are people right now where their English is terrible, but their fucking programming is on point and they're taking away these ideas. Like they've been years of programming with you guys, whether or not they leave and move on to other people or whatnot, the imprint is there. You, you, it's there, man. And then they, it yeah. disseminates, like the, the information disseminates from there and goes out from there and all the information you put out in videos and shit, like there's a huge difference. The emergence of you and Penna and the emergence of France, there's a correlation there that cannot be denied. 
it happened. I mean, I mean, I if if I could have like had a single like even a little impact in that, then I'm just really happy because it's just a fact we came we became like a really major force in the powerlifting game overall. So I don't know if I just had a small impact with that, then I'm more than happy with that. Yeah, it's it's man, like I to, I've told the story before, but um, and anyone who listens to the podcast often has heard it, but like in 2019, man, when I'm walking in the venue for Worlds. If Penna pulls me aside and said, let me introduce, let me introduce myself. Allow me to introduce myself. He goes, I'm Penna. Shady. Yeah, I'm sli-. And then he's like, I'm Penna. To my left, this is Naomi Alibair. And to my right, this is Leah Bavois. And I didn't know at the time, because France wasn't France yet and in terms of powerlifting, but that's three world champions I just got introduced yeah, to. Like three world stars killers stars though like not just world champions like and i had no idea sir like i had no idea like it's this is i don't know people don't necessarily realize how quickly you guys emerged it's wild well i understand and everyone is like this it's just that it was so new for us and it be- it became so different with all of the things that arrived I, I don't know there was so much thing that arrived and allowed us to make that more like be be more professional about it and we just it's really hard to know like i knew what i wanted to do and i knew like back in 2017 but i, I just wanted to be the best like like there's no other things that i want to and i think in the in the next 10 years then there's no other things that i will want either it's just i i knew it and then i just tried to do everything and i think there's a lot of people that like understood that if we were able to do it then why not them and that's just how it started because they were like, yeah, I can do the same. Maybe I want to do the same. And you guys studied like, like, here's the thing. You guys, you guys you are smart. You're going to school for medical and law and you guys know how to study. You guys jumped in and started studying powerlifting. Like, um, like, you know, Penny was talking about the online courses he would take and you took them as well. You're saying yeah. like you guys studied this, but for really real, not just let me see a template work for you. Maybe it works for me. I mean, oh. you guys were like, no, no, no. We need to oh, know man, you, this. And, you know, no, no. Like, really? Yeah, tell me about it a little bit because you guys I, leveled up. That's really funny because at that time, so I, like since I was 15, like as I told you, I had a health issue and I was really like passionate about like all the world body and the world anatomy and like all of the physiology, like reaction and things like this and when i went to like medicine school that's why like i was like okay i just want to study like the like the human body and i was just so hyped about it and then i so i did two years of study but after the first year i I already knew i I didn't want to do it anymore but i still continued to do it because i had access to like research from the medicine school and Mm -hmm. i used them for powerlifting so i was spending like five hours a day on like pubmed and things like this and all of the 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 infos i could have just to like read studies about like the 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 body and things like this to be able to understand it better and to like like make like conclusion and things like this i swear you you, you got a phd in powerlifting bro (laughs) i don't know if i can say that but (laughs) that's one thing i always say to people when i speak about powerlifting i mean i say there's probably really little chance that you can ask a question and i have not like at least church something about it. Like I cannot tell you that I know the absolute truth or I know the best thing, but there is a, a big, big, big chance that I've already like read or like thought about this question. 
You're familiar with it anyways. You have a working yeah. knowledge. You have a working knowledge. You're like, might not be an expert on this, but I've <laughs> it's come across my attention before. Yeah, I was just, I was just, I swear, so passionate about this. I was spending like at least five hours a day just reading things. Because Isn't it... at that sorry, go yeah. ahead. At that time I was doing nothing else from uh like lifting and sleeping and eating because I had not really any social life because <laughs> that's the other funny thing that you you have to know and I want to see your reaction from, from that because this is really something. So when I was in medicine school and I like choose to drop, uh, I was training in a way that maybe will get me like feel weird, feel weird to most of the people because at that time I was just like trying to train things on me basically. And I was like, I read a lot about like the uh, Iban, I think it's Iban Abajayev, like the Bulgarian national coach from the weightlifting team. And I read a lot of things and he had like, um, like, I don't know if I, you probably know that, but the Bulgarian team, like weightlifting team dominated the, like the, like uh, weightlifting things like back in, I think it was the nineties or something like this, or maybe even before. And he had like a really specific way to train. And I, I was just so passionate about this. And I read a lot and I was like, okay, I want to apply that to powerlifting. So what I ended up doing is I just ended up doing as much as I can powerlifting. And I was training twice a day at that time. So I was training 14 times, 14 times a week. And I was, fuck. listen, listen, man, I want to see your face. I was doing, I, I was going in the gym at the morning, like at nine until like 2, 2 p.m. or something. And I was doing a 12 by 12 on squats, a 12 by 12 on bench. And then I was going back home. I was going back to the gym at like 4 or 5 p.m. I was doing an 8 by 8 on squats. An 8 Holy by 8 on bench, fuck, man. An 8 by 8 on deadlift. And I was doing that every day. Dude. I was training like eight to nine hour, eight to nine hours a day for every day for two for two years. So you are like an obsessive type. Like when was, you man, focus in, that's that. I, I wasn't doing nothing else because I was eating from after that and sleeping. I was just so cooked, man. I was not able to do a single thing. And at that time, I was still in medicine school. And that's when people like asked me, oh, oh, is it going and everything? I was like, yeah, it's going really well. It's <laughs> really going well. good. Ask me about my squat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this, this was like not less than a year before World in Calgary. And that's like where I was when I was training like this. And I was just like, okay. I was just applying the, the Bulgarian method that I saw. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to do as much as I can. And I ended up doing that for two years. <laughs> it's... um. You know, you remind me, I've read Arnold Schwarzenegger's autobiography, and he talks about when he discovered weightlifting, the spark it lit in him, the passion he felt. He said it was like, it was like finding, you know, a purpose or like, I don't, you, you yeah. know, it's, it's hard to explain to someone to be like, just fall in love with something, a process like, oh my God, this is mine. It's mine though. And like, no one can take it from me. My effort is my effort. And, and like, he was, he, he, the way you talk about us, the way he talked about it, he'd be like, I'd be in there constantly. And people would be like, yeah. oh, you're torching yourself. He's like, no, nah, no I'm no. doing what I've you don't. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, nah, you don't know though. And it's not just discipline. It's like, I fucking have a opportunity to do this. Like I. Exactly. That's what it was. It was like, I have to, I, I, I have to become as good as I can. And the truth is it might, it might sound like, like some clickbait or something, but poly things literally saved my life. And that's just a fact because I was sick at the time. And let's talk like, about this. Let's talk about okay. that. Yeah. So it's like a things that I really don't talk too much because I don't want to sound like a victim or I don't want to sound feel like people 
to, to make people feel like I'm using this to make me feel better or anything, but I was anorexic. I was about basically to die because I was the same size. So I was like six, six foot three or something like 189 centimeters. And I was weighing 58 kg at the time. Holy and, shit. And that's like a hundred for people listening. Six, three in a hundred and 30 pounds or less. That's yes. incredibly, that's incredibly thin. And I, I, I was so like, so sick that I had to go like check into a doctor, like every two or other, like every three or other weeks, something like this. And he was weighing me. And if I go like, if I had, if I was less than a certain weight, then I would just have to go to the hospital. And every week where I had to like weigh myself, I was just drinking three, four, five liters of water before the weighing to be able to be like heavier than what it was supposed to, because I did not want it to go to to like the hospital and I was really mm. sick and I was basically about to die because no one understood me and I went to doctors but it's just mental and you when you cannot get out of it then you can you cannot and you're just stuck in that and you're losing weight losing weight losing weight and at that time I was not I was like in this like a sports studio uh, for soccer and I was uh, playing um, soccer like basically 30 hours a week so it was like, like I had to have a lot of energy for that base. That's mm. just normal. But I had none because I was eating like 800 calories a day with 30 hours of soccer every day. And I was just basically about to die, really. And I just, I was, at that time, there was like one like YouTuber on, on YouTube that was doing like uh, fitness content. And I was like, I need to find something that will make me able to like to just gain weight and get out of this. And I was, I just discovered like, the overall like weightlifting things and i was like okay man i i have to do that because like at that time i just thought that it would help me like gain some weight gain some muscle no fat because i was just afraid of putting on some fat and that's just all i saw it and that's all i was able to just get out of it and just be able to like be alive today basically it's um so i i came across a guy like i met him in in the back in the day his name's furious pete he's a youtuber yeah. Uh, millions of people so he he was he got into bodybuilding and um but before that he, he was anorexic and he said he talks about it often but um he he was saying how at one point in time um his dad had cancer i believe or ms or something his mom there's there was problems going on in his life and he was young and they were completely out of his control and scary like like when you're a kid Sometimes you just, you don't even realize how, what can go wrong in the world. You have no idea what can go wrong. And then something happens and you go from a kid to adult problems only for really real scary stuff. His, his parents divorced, somebody got super sick. Um, and it was like, holy shit. Like he was young and he was, and it was rattlingly scary and uh, no control. Not only did he realize how vulnerable he was in the world all of a sudden like he was it, it that mystique as a kid was lost but he realized his parents had no control uh like adults had no control you think like security as a child security the more secure a child feels the more confident a child feels it impacts him in a million ways but when a house breaks up or sudden death or like when there's trauma in the house the security is shaken and it impacts a kid. Yeah. It, it is and rattling. You just, 
Yeah, like I think um, like that's how I felt it, and I talked about a lot, with a lot of people that had it, and they just say, "Will you get into that because you just want to control everything?" Basically, that's what it and is. You want yeah. you want to be able to control how you look, what you eat, how you feel, and all the things, and you just become a freak of control, and that's why you you become that's not why, but how you become anorexic, and that's why you're not able to. That's how I felt, and that's like I can tell you because, like, mentally, I think like there, there, obviously, like everyone in in life had like bad thing to go through, and I never had much problem because I was ever like all the time able to go over everything. But this was probably one of the hardest because I was just frozen. I was not eating anything, and it was like for me there was just one way not eating everything for the rest of my life, and that's just how I would have handled it. And I, I didn't knew, I was just stuck. I didn't knew what I had to do and how I was supposed to feel and about eating. And because at that time, eating was just so hard. So for everyone in life, eating is just a pleasure or something. But at that time, I was just not trying to not eat like anything, basically. And I just didn't understood how I would be able to enjoy eating and just be able to put something in my mouth without feeling like I'm the worst human on the planet. And this was really hard and my family was not really understanding it because of like for a man first it's really not like it's really rare to, to see mm -hmm. that and i think for a parent it's just really weird to see your your like kid not die but die a bit every day and look like, at the end i was really looking like man like it's hard to know and hard to tell but like i had bones on my body and that's all really like it was really hard and they couldn't they could saw me like get really like perverted into like controlling everything not eating everything i was doing exercise i was just i don't know man my life was just so weird i had no fun i was not smiling i was not able to smile anymore because basically everything in my life was like for me was like okay it's gonna like uh, take me energy to do that so i was not doing anything like i could not i could not just stand up without having to like hand uh, to like wait for 20 seconds for my brain to like be like okay i stood up i'm not gonna faint I'm, i can walk now everything was just so hard and i was cold like it, it could be like summer 40 degrees lights out and i would have had like two hoodies and i will be, I will be like, cold. like yeah yeah everything was just like a torture and i don't know i was just like okay now now it's either I, I die like this or i just try to make something out of my life and that's all I got into portal thing already. So it sounds like clickbait and or anything, or I want to make it more epic than it is, but it's just the truth. Dude, it is what it is, man. It doesn't matter what it sounds like, it's the truth. Like yeah. the, the tr <laughs> fucking truth prevails, my man. And it is hard for people to understand. That's exactly what Pete said is uh, it was just control. It was the fact I can't control a lot of things, but I can control this. And, um, and it's a weird thing for people to be like, uh, like Sophia Ellis came on from, from the British team. Yep. Uh, she was a 72. Now she's 76. And she talks about the exact same thing. She had, um, you know, not the, she had an eating disorder in the whole nine and, uh, was, was in the hospital death on death's door. And she said it was that too. I, she had like been sexually abused and, um, a lot of tough things happened in her life to say the least. And she's a victim of that. And to take back control, she was like, I couldn't control that. Nobody could save me. Nobody could help me. Nothing. And that happened to me. And then she was like, um, but I can control this. And, and it's weird how the mind can do that. In the, and she's just all of a sudden now it's like she took control. And, and uh, it's weird. It's, it's tough. The mind is like, so fucking powerful we don't even know yeah. man the, 
what you're capable of so powerful that i could have literally choose to kill myself and that's all people feel when they are eating their disorder they're like okay if i want to die i can choose it basically and it's that's all how they feel and that's why i did all of the things i told you after and like training nine hours a day like when i was in high school i was waking up like at 4 a.m to take the bus to be able to train before school then i was training from like six to eight and i was going to school until five and then from like five to eight again I was training and I was going back home I was sleeping and I was just doing this and for me it was probably the worst period of my life because I was like just suffering through it but in my head it was like okay no you have to do it there's no other choice you don't even it's not a choice just do it like it's hard and I swear I had like panic attack when I was in high school like the two hours before I had to go to the gym because I knew I knew I will get there and I will just give my all like and I will be like feeling like I want to die but I so I was just sitting like in my two less last last hour of studying in the day and I was like just thinking about it I was not able even to understand what the like the professor was saying it was just like I had panic attack I had like high ppm and I was just sweating and I was like okay I have to do it it will be hard but I have to do it and every day was like this and I was going to the gym giving my whole going back and just doing it because for me it was just a way to still have some kind of control and I had mm. to be able to go like along that and that's why i say because when people say why did you even do that like the the, the fact that you had to, to train nine hours and i was and they were like do you think it helped you and i was like i don't care it was not even about if i, I thought that i will progress more or anything because first of all you cannot know but it's just that i had to like for, for my mental health and just to be able to survive i had to and i had to show myself that if i want to do something i will do it and that's why i did it isn't that fucking like just to say, just to survive, I had to. Like, I have to do this. Yeah, man, And you're fighting for your so life. Myself. It was, for me, the biggest fight of my life. And for some people, and I, I, like, there's so much bad thing that can happen in your life, for sure. And I had the chance that I did never, like, had to fight for so bad thing. And I'm really blessed about it. But this was probably one of the hardest fight of my life. Because every day, for three, or three and a half years or something, I, I was just... A freak in my head and I was like I have to get the, as good as I can I have to I have to be the best and if I have to train 12 hours a day I will do it no, no matter what I have to do I will just do it and it was consuming so much energy just to mm. like be in that mindset and be like yes I, I will do it I will do it even though I, I still had like 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 um, health issue obviously because at that time I had like I, this something really like personal and but like you, you know like when like women like go too low in body fat they don't have their periods anymore well right 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 i'm just gonna translate it for a man i had the same thing i was not able to like procreate anymore i had no no basically no testosterone in my body anymore because oh yeah 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 because my 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 body was like this is not important what is important is just to keep you alive so i i was i was not functioning anymore i i had no energy for anything really anything and at that time, I was still training twice a day and giving my all. And Holy it was so shit, hard because man. how could you do that? People cannot understand. But at that time, like even smiling, I was not smiling anymore because I swear I was like, OK, this, this is just going to be hard to contract my like jaw muscle to smile. And I was not doing it. I was not smiling. I was not showing any expression. I was not talking to people because like having a, a, a conversation with someone was just like fatiguing me because I had to think about what I will say and everything. I was just, I was just by myself. But yet, all my energy was going into training. It, it that is, dude. It is. Um, it is. Uh, some people will, almost everyone will never be able to understand 
and, and, and that's why I don't talk about it too much because it, it, it sounds like a superhero story or something like this, but it, it's so hard to explain. And I, I mean, it's, it's okay if people don't understand or think that I'm just faking it or making it worse than it is. But for me, it really was like this and it was the hardest value of my life. It, for anybody who, like, I've had enough people come on the podcast to talk to me about enough things and uh, like, like various different, like coming from so many different backgrounds, but eating disorders has been one of them. Anybody who's been into contact with somebody who's had an eating disorder will know like this doesn't, this actually doesn't sound that odd. Everything you're saying, like you get to that extreme. Like, like Sophia Ellis was talking about, she would put things down her throat to make herself throw up. She would have like zero calories in her system. Her mm -hmm. goal was like, like it was um, like the, it is the amount of obsession on something you can get. It can be that. Like for someone's like, okay, like some people say obsessed like a punchline, but they don't understand what the word means. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. Like be, I'm obsessed. I train like four hours a day and I think about it a lot. You have no idea what real obsession is. Yeah. And that's a punchline, sir. That's a meme. That's not obsession. You know, you, Sophia, yeah. Andy Riley, you guys know fucking obsession. Because we, I think we just had to shift it. We had to find something else to get obsessed to, basically, to just be able to survive. And we just shift our obsession to this. And that's just how it, how it goes. And at the first, you're so obsessed about food and eating disorder. And when you shift it, it's still extreme. But it's mm. extreme in something else. And I don't know if anyone reacted like me, but that's just how I had to show it. And that's how I had to do it to just still show my, like show myself that like I'm able to have control and I can do whatever I have to do if I want to be what I want to basically. And at that time, I, I don't know, man, but when I discovered that I, I, I knew I wanted to be the best and, and it, it didn't change from that. I, I for sure did not do not have the same mentality now because I don't want to kill myself doing it, but yet I will still do everything I have to. And like, I just want to be the best and no matter what it costs. And it already costed me a lot because I I had no friends at the time because it was so early for me. It was when I was 14, 15 years old. That's just when you create all of your like life link with your family, mm. with your friends, with all. But I have nothing of that. Like I have pretty much no link with my family because we we have like we are hard with each other. But that's just how we are. And I choose just to get away from that. And mm. I have no like. I just have no links to anyone basically or my friends now, but I just, I'm not someone who needs to, you know, to, to be surrounded much. I, I just have one goal in my life and as stupid as it sounds and it's to be the best, like in the world, basically in powerlifting. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. You, you hit the nail right on the head when you said um, in your formative years, like 13, 14, 15, that's when you develop those skill sets and like your, it, it forms you. And that's when this was happening. So then later on, it leaves its impact. But like, you've clearly, you, you've definitely moved like beyond it, I would say anyways, because you're, you know, you have no problems making friends, uh, world championships, you had no problems making friends, hanging yeah. out, whatever. Um, so is it like, is it a constant battle to not get too obsessed, but to be healthy, to be healthy? Because it's good to have a goal. It's good to go at something, but you don't want to get to a point where like, you know, your version of obsessed is not like Russell or he, if Russell's like, I was obsessed. It's like, no, nah, but I'm talking, you know what I mean? Like way more. Is that tough to toe the line still? I 
think it is in a way, but I think I still I'm still not to the point where I'm still too obsessed. Like I I, I don't know. My life is pretty boring for some people and and it's pretty shit to others. But for me, it's, it, I'm living my best life. Yeah. And just because I'm able to train and put myself in the best condition I can to progress, and that's really all I care about. And for some people, I sound really selfish. And for my family, sometimes I am. For my friends, sometimes I am. For a lot of people, I am. And okay, if that's what it has to be, I swear there's not really much things I care else than this. Of course, I want my loved one to be safe and everything, but this doesn't really depend on me. And that there, I have just one goal in my one goal in my life, as I told you. And I think I'm still obsessed and maybe too much, but that's just all I want to live my life for now. So I don't really. I don't really ask myself too much that, that question. I just enjoy the moment I can have. And I know that all, like with all I'm willing mentally, I will always make the choice that will like lead me to a better myself. So here's the thing, you're 21. Now's the time to dive in. You have the rest of your life to, if you want to go back to medical school or whatever, you could do all of those things. You can have a family, settle down, but at 21, if you're ever going to have a goal that just like now's my time to be selfish and let me check this off. Let me, let me see what happens when I go full all in. Cause there are people, you know, you look at some of these athletes we hear about like a Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, whatever. And they talk like they were absolutely obsessed as well. Like, I mean, get up at four o'clock in the morning and be training over and over and over before school, before whatever, and then do the training with the rest of the team. And then afterwards, after the game, if they didn't have a great game, they're back at it again, shooting hoops. And they like, can't, they can't. And then Michael Jordan in a famous, you know, interview when he's talking about people are like, um, if I could be like Mike, and there's a big campaign with Nike, like be like Mike, I want to be, I want to be, I want to be like Mike. And Mike said later on in interviews, he's like, look at like years later, I would be like, you don't want to be like me. Yeah. You have and no idea. It sounds cool. And it sounds cool to say obsessed, but it's in later on in life, he's got a family, kids, and he can relax. Maybe, you know, I mean, this transitions to life. Yeah. You won't always, you don't feel a 41 like you do at 21. I'll tell you that right now. Even now from 18 to like, I'm 22 now. So 22 there. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, if I had to go through my whole years, like from 17 to 20, and I had to go through all of them again, I don't know if I will be able to, because I, I, I even like four or five years after I, I know, like I can feel how it felt and yeah. I, I'm, I don't know if I will be able, like if I will be strong enough to go through all of that again, because I know how much it took out of, out of me and I'm really not sure if I have all of this in me and I'm pretty sure I don't. Yeah. It's dude. It sounds like it was torture, man. But here's the thing. Here's a beautiful thing about life. You, uh, you can never go back because you've gained yeah. those years like and i like, don't want to right i yeah. really don't want to because it yeah. built me it, it made me who i am today and as i said yes maybe i have i'm i'm rich to so some people or I have, I have default like anyone i'm not like perfect that's for sure and then that's something i'm looking for and even who i am mentally and who i am as, as an athlete today I, i'm just really happy of who i became and this is not this is maybe being, I don't know if we can call that pride of me because this is not really pride because I don't feel like I, I've done what I have to do yet. But I'm just so happy that I was able to go through all of this and end up like I am today because I could have just become like a junkie or I could have just killed myself. I could have made so mm. much thing that would have been so easier to go through or mm. the easy way, I guess. 
but I did not. And I just pursued that goal and I still went all in. And I'm just happy that I did it because as I told you, if I had to go through all of this again, I, I don't know if I will take the same road. And, and this is like, like sometimes the fear, right? Where some people are like, what if I fall back into certain things? Um, but as they say, like with, the, with life comes experience, no matter what, it, even if you ended up back into a bad scenario, you're operating now with that experience in mind and experience is everything. Like you can never, you people like, what if I lost it all and I had to start all over again, but you're not starting all over again. No. You're starting with experience. And believe me, experience fucking you drop me in scenarios that I was when I was younger with the experience I have it's now. Change everything. It, it means everything, dude. It yeah, means everything. And so this, you'll this never is a go funny back. Thing because this is always something I tell to, to athletes about their programming. They're like, like, for example, I don't know, like you have like a deload and they start the order block and they're like, oh, I lost 20 kg of my lift or, oh, I got injured and I lost this. And like, no, you did not lost anything. What you've done before is done. You, you know what you have done. You have done it. Your body has, has done it. You, you've not lost it. And what you have done will all be always serve for something. Now you just move on, do your next block, go back to where you are and go even like higher. And that's why I, I always, always tell is like, no, there's nothing wasted. What you did is always worth something. And even if it's not physically and you cannot know, like see it now, it always means and is something. Yeah. Uh, you were saying when you, when you and Penna started this, here's something that's different that a lot of people don't realize around the world. Talk a little bit about pro status. You know, yeah. you were saying, quote unquote, like what does that mean in France? So it doesn't mean much for us because we were really a little sport, but it means that you're recognized by the government as a pro athlete, basically, which means you can have like, if you work, you can have more like three days for all you comp, you get like subvention, which is not much, but you can get in a bit of money from the government to help you like be a better sportsman, I guess. And you get like on the ministerial list. So basically if you type on the, like the government site website, there's your name on it that says you're a pro and it gives you like, for example, when we were locked down because of that, I was able to still go out and train. And I, I had no problem with that. When I was just checked by the cops, I could just show them that and I was okay. No so it, it helps in a way. It's like, if you're like um, a, a member of the parliament, you know, <laughs> you're like, you, you just have right that normal people don't have, I guess. And it's for me, it was not really about because, as I told you, we don't give, we don't have much money and we don't have much things. It was just about the actual thing to be on it. Because for me, it was a dream from when I was like a baby. I always wanted to like be able to like represent my country like internationally and to be considered as a pro athlete. And it just meant the world for me because. It just meant that I did it, you know? Dude, any money is crazy. Like for most people listening to this, like you guys get uh, travel and accommodations paid for as well. Is that yep. right? Mm -hmm. That's huge, yes. man. There are people yeah. all over the world that listen to this. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I know. Even like little money is crazy. Like, of you course, know. of course. I'm not saying that it's not important because like even one euro, it's always one euro and I don't care from... What it's coming from is it's it's still there how many euros it, is it do you mind saying how many euros is it uh, so it depends on which so you have like in the united states there's like a country so for us it's like region because our like country is just smaller and then there's like department which is like inside the region it's even smaller so we get money from the region and the department and it just really depends on where you are but for me at the best year because like of like covid and everything it's a bit less or it depends at the best year it could be like four to five thousand euros a year Oh, well, 
I, I, it's not like you cannot leave out of it, but it's dude, that's, always that's, you. That's like, let me tell you something, man. There are people in America doing like a pro series, making less than that. And they're like, fucking, this is amazing. I'm a professional athlete. And you guys are making more than because Euro conversion in the US is like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it, uh, for 4,000 euros, it's like $4,500. So 4,000 like euros would be like 6,000, wouldn't it? Roughly? No. 5,000? No, I think it's less than that. I think it's like 0.8 or 0.85. Like, well, uh, the, the conversion, the conversion when SPD said, 300 and something euros for Sheffield. It converted it's pound. to more. It's pound. Or yeah, yeah, pounds. Sorry, pounds is, is oh, more. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, so one pound is like 1.2 euros. So gotcha, gotcha. I, I think 4,000 euros is around like four four thousand six hundred dollars, something like this. Something. Either like way, this. dog. Somebody would be like, "Holy fuck!" Like that's yeah, that's and course. that's yeah, that's it, it's pretty crazy. The thing is, like um. This is what happens. This is the push when when the IPF is trying to get recognized by the IOC. And, and people, everyone says, like, we're never going to get in the Olympics. They, they're, the mandate and the push for that is useless. I don't, like, they're wasting time. It's like, listen to me. There's a big world out there with, like, 120 nations sign up with the IPF. And some of these nations get funding. And athletes get funding that you guys would die for. And like, and think it's a huge deal when you get in, like, whether it's like plane trips, accommodation, plus money on top of that. And some people like just become a university sport. And now you can get academics covered and, and get a ride through that. And like, it's, it's huge. And then if you get added into the university cup world, the university cup and like, like, this is how the sport grows globally. It's yeah. not just to get in the Olympics recognition by all of these bodies is much bigger than that. And people miss that. So they're like, it's dumb. It's a waste of time. It's like, I don't think, you know, <laughs> I don't no, think you've done your research on this. And I, I, I think we don't need to be in the Olympic, but as, as, as I say before, it's like, I had the statute and I was like, Oh, that's cool. And it's like, when you go to an Olympic games, that's the same. You don't need to be rich. You don't need to gain 500,000 euros from it, but just from selling the people, you know, or just for yourself, knowing that you did once the Olympic games, that's just, it's just huge. That's just, yeah. people are striving for like their lives to, to do that. So obviously that this is something good, like for just how much people will see the sport, but also for the people in the sport to drive them to be like, okay, maybe now I'll be able to represent myself, my country to the, like, to the Olympic Games, not just to a world championship, but to the Olympic Games. And this is just next level. Dude, representing your country at a world championship is fucking the wildest. It is crazy when you got your country's yeah. flag on your chest or your arm. It is. It is and you go out sure. there and you know everybody's watching. It's, um, it's, it's, it's the, I think it's, it's one crazy, of the like, best feelings I've, I, I, I have felt because I don't know, man, it, it's really hard to explain, but is is you just feel like you're doing something for, not just for you, but for everyone that is in your country, you know? I don't know, it's really hard to explain, but for me, it's, it's it really has been one of the biggest pride of my life to be able to showcase what France has in France and what I can, like, this is what I can give to France, basically. 
This is what me as a human and among 60 million people, I can, I can give to friends to make it like looks, look or sound better, you know? Well, it, it's how people find you too. Like some kid, you know, finds out like about the French powerlifting team and finds out about you. Like even if, like when I watch the Olympics, man, I don't know about most of these sports, yeah. but I'll be get pulled into a fucking battle in the, in the pole vault. And I'm like, holy shit. There was a guy actually in one of the Olympics, he was French and he was the defending champion and some dude yeah. was going to take him. And he was, I remember the guy missed one of his vaults and the crowd started going, oh, like, like they started roaring because they thought the other guy was going to win. And he fucking put his finger up, no, no, like no. nodding. No, 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 no. And I was like, holy shit because i'm actually into this right now yeah because you're you're like in doing sport too so you know how much it means to athlete to be yeah. there to do that you know how much work it means how much sacrifice it means to you just know and you feel it and that's why and i think even if you don't do like high level sport you just know when, once you like you have once dedicated your life over something for a bit you just know how much it means to be able to achieve something you're looking for for years. 100%. And, and so when you were going to the world championships last year, 2021, and you decided I'm going into the open, even though you were 20 years old at the time, right? Yeah, uh, I, I was, I was 21. I took a decision when I was 20 or something, okay. but I was 21. Uh, okay. I, will, I will. Um, did you know, like, what was your, what was your impression walking in there? What were your goals? Cause it was, this is with like Anatoly who ended up yeah, winning the best lifter with yeah, man. the entire my, my tournament. Class, my yeah. weight class the, the podium was, the podium was top six weeks overall because I was six. Then there was oh, Norlin wow. that was fifth and Anatoly that was first. So in the six better, best lifter of this world edition, we're three over, over on my weight class. So like when, when you make the comparison, if I was if I as if I was any other class than 105, I would have placed second with like relative level. And there was like four or five, no, four classes where I would have been world champion with like the same IPF point, but in another white class. But I knew it. And as I told you, for me, it's not just about a title, it's about who you beat. Mm. You know, it's it's world champion, yes, it's cool. Obviously, it's it sounds good to people because you're the best in the world, but it's just not about like being the best in the world, it's about who you're facing. And in powerlifting, it, it becomes less and less true because there's more and more people, but there still is like weight class where it's it's another world. It's like, it's, it's another level. You cannot compare it. It's, it's not the same. And there's more and more people coming into it. So obviously we'll just like um, be less and less that. But for now, that's why I, I also like like the weights thing. It's just, I, I knew I would not win. I, I knew it, like I was just realistic and that's, that's just a thing. But I don't. I did not care, and I did not. I was not looking for a title or a win. I was just looking to be uh, like against the best and to show them that I'm here and that I will be here in the next years. And then at some point, I will be like hot to them. That's just what I wanted to do. Well, for you to be 21 years old and to podium and to do as well as you did, like like three of the 105s made top six in the whole overall tournament, regardless of weight class is insane. And for you to be amongst them, like, I'm walking away with a bronze medal in top six. And I mean, that world's had like the Jonathan Kaikos, the Russell Orhees, the Jesus Oliveras, that you name, like it had the big guns, you know, Pena. And um, for you to walk away like top six and walking with a bronze at 21, you know, it, it would, it would, if your goal was to get on everybody's radar, done. 
everybody, if no one knew you before, then it's like you guys internationally, um, internationally, they know you now. Um, did you feel that after the world championships? Like, all right, in France, people knew me, but now it's a little different. I am, I don't really know because I'm not really like, I'm not really the best person at knowing, like at knowing, like, like all people see me. And I, as I said, I, I do care in a way, obviously, because everyone cares and that's just part, but that's not my main concern. I know that the people I face know who I am. And for me, it's more than enough because as I told you, like, of course I want, I want to let my footprint in this part. And I did not really felt that people like knew me, but I, I knew it because I just did a good ranking. And there was like a little hype about this because I was just like the youngest people of the, the youngest guy of the world competition. I was the only like guy that was born in 2000 for, for the only for the world competition or at least in the top like 15 of each weight class. So maybe there was someone in the other class, but they were really low on the, on the, on the like list. So mm. I, I guess, I knew that it would make this like this type of this type of like appearance appearance, but I did not really felt felt it. No. Well, it definitely ha like for myself, man, popped up on the radar big time after this. Like leading into it, because this was this was the big coming out. Even though, like as a sub junior, I was calling your world title win, but that was sub junior. <laughs> this is the big boys. This is the big boys now. Yeah. Um, yeah. walking into this into this world championships. So previously you were like, all right, I want to show up. I want to prove to everybody I belong here, despite being so much younger, um, you know, junior and the whole nine and, and, and rolling with monsters like Anatoly and Emil. I want to prove I belong. Now this year, how is your mentality different? It's not because as I told you, it, it, for me, it's not about... Uh, it's, it's, it's not about the title or yes it is about the title in a way but it's not about like the mentality it, it's always been the same even if I know I cannot win and it's like last like last year I will do everything I can if I can if I can if I have a really small chance to do it I will do it and I will always pull like for my pull for the, the 365 uh, like I know like daily is one of my strong points and I know that's all like it will probably like put ourselves on the rankings. That's that's gonna be like the the moment of truth, you know. And mm. I will pull, I will pull what I need. And if if I need to put something crazy on the bar, I will do it. And it's always been my mentality. Like each year, I'm getting stronger, and the people that are facing me better get stronger too, because otherwise, at some point, I will get better than them. So, is your goal, um, like, do you walk in there telling yourself, "I want to win the world championships"? Or do you not tell yourself that? You're like, I'm not going to say that to myself. I'm gonna... I always want to. Okay. Like last year, I wanted to. And, but I, I just had to be realistic. I knew the level I had. And I was, just, I was just trying to build up the biggest like goal. And it will be the same this year. So I will do my squat. I will do my bench. And then I will see where I'm ranked. And if I can, if I can win it, I will, I will do everything I can to win it. And this is just how it is. Like, I, I don't like to really, you know, it's not about like going to win or something. I'm just going to give my best and to like show what I did, what I'm capable of. And if it ends, ends up being like giving me the possibility to win, then of course I will, I will pick it. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a way of keeping a little bit of pressure off you too. Avoiding being like, I'm going in there to win the title. I'm look at when Pena came up, when Pena came on the podcast, this, he said, 
I'm going to win because the gods, the powerlifting gods favor me. And he was dropping <laughs> shit like that. And it was like, I remember dropping that quote. And it was like, it was a whole another, like, I'm going to win. I'm going to win. I'm going to be a world champion. So, and I'm blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So I don't, because for me, I know that the end goal, I, like for me, it's clear in my head, I will be the best. At some point I will. Like, and I'm not saying my category. I think my goal is to be the best overall. Like for when you, when you speak about powerlifting, you just know my name. And that, that's my goal. Like at the end, that's just what I want to do. So mm. I know that's like, it's inevitable. At some point it will be like this. And if it's this year, then it's cool. If it's next year, then it's cool too. Because uh, for me this year, you know, it's not the end. Next year I will become, and I will be even stronger. And the year after too, and there's no, there's no end to this. It's not about this world championship. It's just, I want to, to be the guy that you know that every year you it will be stronger. Every year you will come back and you will be there and show off. And I, I don't know, man, it's just, I'm like relentless, you know? I, I, it's not about just this world for me. It's about everything. I, um, first off, I fucking love that you just said, I am relentless. That's a fun, well, there's a thumbnail that's going up right now. King of Lust, I'll tell you right now. That's the pen of quote. I am relentless. I am inevitable. That's, dog, you're talking like Thanos. You know? <laughs> but, um, uh, but it's true. That is actually a gift of being like when you're 22 and you're looking at this like, um, yeah, I want to be, I want to be a world champ, more than world champion. I want to be the greatest period. Like what Anatoly did, I want to be not just win my class, but win all the classes and everyone and beat everybody, every single person in the tournament, regardless. Yeah. But I also have the confidence in knowing I don't have to go all in on this one year because I'm 22. I'm going to be here the next year, the next year, the next year. Yeah. And I might, I might peak at 28. I know what you're saying it, and this is a funny thing because since I was a job junior, because like in 2018, 18 in Calgary, I totaled like 796, which at that time would have put me seventh in the open, 105, if I did the competition in the open. And people were like, "Come on, you've got time. Don't 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 be in a rush. Don't try to be too good. Take your time." And I was like, "No, man, I have no time. I swear, I have no time. And even if I was the best, I will still have no time. It's not, I, why would I want to lose time?" If I'm younger, then that's cool. That means that if I'm stronger when I'm younger, then I can be even stronger when I'm older. So okay. why would I want to, to, to like waste any time? That's just something dumb for me. So I'm not saying that I have time to be the best because the sooner I'm the best and then the sooner I can, I can stay the best and I can be even greater. So for me, it's not just about comparing myself to others. It's just about breaking limits. Like there's huge goal in my life that I've set and I know they will move because they always do. But like, for example, I have always said, like, there's a funny, there's a bit of a meme with that because like I went to a guy that you probably know him, uh, Asan El Bigiti. He was like known like as, as, a, like as one of the biggest French athletes back in the days, like in 2018. And I went to see him, like he, we were talking and he, he asked me a question or something in 2018, when I was 18, he told me, okay, like what's your goal in powerlifting? And I said, I want to pull 400 kg. And, and he said, oh, that's cool. But I say, yes, but I want to do it as a junior. And he said, okay, that's that's funny. And at that time I was I was pulling 320. And he said, okay, but no, we're, we're talking about total. And I said, yes, okay, I have one other goal in my life. And that's to total 1000 kg in the 105. And I, I I say, and I say that when I was 18. Dude, you do that. That's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, I'm still a junior and I'm getting close to 400. So he bet something really huge. So I, I, I um, he, like, he has to make sure to like watch me out because otherwise he will lose a bit of money if, if and when I will do it. Who is this again? Who is the athlete again, sir? Uh, Asan El Bigichi. He's like a 66. Oh, um, yes, 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 yes. Puller. 
Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, no, I know him for sure. Yeah. Um, and he was like laughing about it, you know, like, haha, little kids are funny. And man, like, in, like for now, I've, I've never been this close to pulling 400 kg. So you better be ready. It, it's, um, it's crazy, first off, how people remember those kind of interactions. You I just do. never I forget. Do. No, I, and I will never for sure. It's, it's that I think about things like that all the time when I have interactions with people sometimes. Like sometimes I don't think about it until after the fact. People have come to me, said things, and um, I don't know if I like gave them enough or, but the thing is, people come to you sometimes and say things often, and you're like, okay, well, let's see. But it happens all the time. Like nine times out of 10, it doesn't happen. But there's always that one person who's like, do you remember when I came to you? And you're like, yeah. and you didn't. And, and you're like, fuck, did I, did I believe in you? Or did I give you enough of an encouragement? Or because it I happens think, a lot. To be honest, I think it was just, it was just trying to be mean. Oh, yes. really? Yeah. He was just trying to be mean and be like, haha, okay, it's funny. Because he bet something really huge, as I told you. He told me, like, he told me, listen to everyone in the room. He said, if this guy does what he says, I will like pay for like a restaurant in the top of the Tour Eiffel for all the people in that room, which is probably around for the people that was they were there, probably around oh, 10, shit, to, he called 10 to you 15, out? yeah, 10 to 15,000 euros worth of food in, in that place. That's what he said. So, and how old were you at the time? I said, okay, man, no problem. I said, I said, like, everyone uh, heard that. I have, I have no problem with that. We'll, we'll come back to you, like, when it's done. That's what well, I said, basically. And how, how old were you when this happened? I'm 17. Fuck, man, that's a... I was, Sometimes uh, when you're talking to a 17-year-old, you, you, you don't want to get yeah. too harsh because it impacts that young man. Yeah, he did not care because he knew all I was. And I always told him, like, for me, it was clear from the beginning. I told you I want to be the best. And I knew it. Like, and at that time, I pulled, I think I pulled, like, I had a comp the, the, this day. And I, I pulled, like, 310 or something. And I said, okay, I will pull 400. <laughs> and he was like, okay, he's just, you know, he's just trying to show off. And I said, okay, if that's all you feel about it, fine. Dave, is this is this a gentleman who's had run-ins with Penny as well? Yep. Yeah. Wow. There's some there's some drama in France, my yeah. man. There was always, there was always been drama, but for now it's pretty clear and easy. Like I'm on the top, and they're not anymore. Uh, like to to this day, I'm I'm the best lifter in France, like in the male division. So what I hear from him is nothing anymore. So it is what it is. It's it's yeah. like um. And I mean, who knows, man, who knows if, if he, you know, he's just a spicy guy, but he's not, I, he's I, you just, know, I think, I think he's just mad about the fact that there were people coming this fast and that are, that were getting better than him because he was always called the goat for a long time in France. And I think for me, yes, he was deserved, but he was deserved because there was no one else. And when there's other people that came, then he just lost his title and he was not happy about it. Well, people are starting to win open world titles in the classic now. Yep. And we hadn't seen this kind of thing before in the, in the classic. No, and, and it's it's world open title in 2022, not in 2015, which is way different in, term, in terms of competitiveness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because, it's a, uh, yeah. Yeah, like, as, as, as I said, like this year with 895, if I did world, the last world, then this will have been the world record and will have put me first. Every year there's 30 kg going on, on on title. And if if I, I total 900 in the 105 at, at his time, I would have been like Taylor Hatwood for the world thing. <laughs> I would have been, I've been way ahead of anyone else. It, it, like, yeah. 
it's like a lesson where, um, you know, when you're on top, you got to try to, you think about things like, like when this happens for you, Coco, you got to remember like when at some point, some fucking 17 year old cocky kid's going to come up to you and you'll be like, this is not your moment. This is my moment. And they'll be like, you know what I mean? But I don't mind about that because for me, it's not about, it's not about, as I said, who's getting better than me. It's about what I did. If I did everything I could and I gave my best, then I did what I had to do. And I know that there's generation and I know that there's people progressing. And after me, there will be something, someone else. And after this, someone else, there will be someone else again. And that's just how it is. I have no problem with that. But for now, it's my time. So I'm taking everything I have to take. That's right, man. That law, dude, you are dropping sound bites. I don't know if you know this, but for now it's my time. But uh, yeah, man, it's uh, yeah, it's crazy. The passing of the torch happens, and um, sometimes it, it happens to. quick. It has to. Yep, that's that's just what it is. That's everything in life is like this, and it's normal to. Sometimes you get like someone gets better than you at some point, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just how it has to be. Um, did you notice? Anatoly is on the nominations. Now, there's a couple things we got to say here. Obviously, everybody's aware uh, what's happening in Ukraine. There's a yeah. war going on. They were invaded by Russia. The Russian athletes will not be showing up. So there will be no Russian athletes. And uh, in the 105s, it's not going to change a whole heck of a lot for you guys. But um, in terms of Russian athletes, but in terms of Ukraine, for sure, because Anatoly's from Ukraine. However, a couple things need to be noted. Anatoly is on the nominations. Now, initially people thought, is he just on there, but he's not going to show. Mm-hmm. And a lot of other Ukrainians that were on Ukraine on the nominations are off and he's stuck and still on. And the European championship equipped championships just happened. And to a lot of people's surprise, team Ukraine sent athletes. Yeah. I and that. athletes did show despite what's going on. So now there is a possibility Anatoly, the 2021 world championships, best lifter and reigning world champion might be back and he might be at this world title. Everyone does. Like, I hope he comes. I hope he's not like at 90% because he can't win at night. This will be a shame. This will be a shame because he doesn't deserve that. And it's something that he has no control about it. And uh, and as I told you in the end, I will just I will just hate myself if I, for example, if I took a title in this situation, I will just hate myself because this is not deserved. And for for me, this is not how you win. As I, as I, I wanted to go to to the Open to win again the best in in their best shape. And this is not just about him having a bad bad prep or something because having a good prep is like is like the duty of any athlete. But this is just not about this. So I just hope he comes there one hundred and ten percent even. Because, like, if he comes in that way, I will still give him a run. It's, it's, um, you know, it's such a, it is such a layered story due to everything. And when you see him there, it would be like, yeah, this would be, it'd like, be tough. It, just looking at him, mm. you would be like, from my point of view, I'm not an athlete going against him in competition, but from like everyone, even an athlete going against him, you'd look at him and be like, fuck man like this man i want to win i want to win yeah. but i feel for you dog like for you to even be here is what you've yeah. gone through and what you're probably going through knowing what you're going to go home to but on the flip side i i have to go all out i gotta take your dream from you even though i know if you won what that would yeah. mean for everybody but and you're that's like why it's not just about this year it's it tough be many, 
there will be many other world championship and right. even if he's not to to this level this year that's why i say that it's not just about this year because there's many years when you have to like com confirm what, what you did it's not just about winning one once it's about putting yourself at the top of the list and that people are like okay this man is gonna win and again and again and again and again so I hope, I just really hope that it will be at its best because I'm always striving for like competition and that's, that's just all. But yeah, for, for, for sure. I mean, I, it's just respect like that you feel for him because mm. with this situation, there's many, many, many people that will not just have the balls first to show up and suck on in that position because he has all the pressure as you said he's the best athlete in the world at the moment well based on the last world so he has all of the pressure on the of the world on his shoulder plus this situation on his country so it's just nothing but respect for for this man you gotta think like if he showed up he knows like for ukraine what it would mean if he had a bad day or a good day he knows yes. they're looking to him Knowing what he like walking, like you just said, if he was walking in in his previous years, he was like ranked seventh. It, the pressure is like, hey, just showing up at the worlds is that's great. But if he's walking in and he is the reigning world champ, the best lifter at the world championships, and he knows what this would mean, he yes. must, if he hits the platform, it'd be like, fuck, man. I'm like, when I see the dude, I don't even know. I don't even know what I'd tell the dude. I don't even know if I'd be like, what the fuck do you, when you look at him, you just be like, you want to hug the dude. And, but at the same time, you want to respect his space and be like, man, this dude is, you know, he doesn't want your, your, your pity or like, you know, it's, yeah, you don't know it. how to act. You're like, I want to, you know what I mean? It's fucked. It's tough. This is one of the toughest. This is the toughest, bro. All eyes. If he's on the roster, the one Oh fives watching the one Oh fives in terms of the layers to this and the complexity of it and the emotions that'll be wrapped on it for so many people. It, and, and look at that doesn't take away from everyone else wants wants its sport though you have a tough story and everyone feels for you at the same time the other people want this as well you know yep. other people like like they have to fucking take this from you if they can and they will like a mill a mill took took them in the europeans and a mill is an absolute shooter a mill is a mm -hmm. monster a mill is a, a former junior world champion he won the world championships in sweden uh, as a junior and Emil is uber confident and he's, he beat Anatoly at the European championship after Anatoly beat him at worlds. And, um, and he'll be there. You'll be there. Michael Davis from the U S yes, is coming, you know, Joey flex disciple, Michael Davis is there. And he's a, he's like, he's a super nice guy. You'll like him. But at the same time, you know, I mean, you'll like him after the fact when you're done competing, but um, the, it's stacked. It's stacked it again. Here it we go is. again, man. It's already stacked again. That's a funny thing because last year, like we had the French coach and he was like, okay, how do you feel about this competition? And I said, man, you probably don't know what's gonna, what's gonna happen this day. And he was like, nah, like I've checked a bit. And he, he said, he was like, oh, if, if it goes over, over 900, then it's cool. I said, mm -mm -mm. you don't know, man. I swear you don't know if, if there is total coming, if you want to take the first place, you won't, you won't have to do 900. You will, you will, yeah, I told him like word for word for word, you have to get closer to 950s than to the 900. And he said, nah, I don't believe you. And I said, okay, then just look. Yeah, well, look at Rene Keiki even from Switzerland. Yep. He's he's done the late 800s and his bench is a monster. He's going to go over 900. Um, you know, Abdul from Great Britain. Like these, these guys are all in the late 800s and they're going to be pushing. There's, it is, the 105s is fucking stupid 
stacked this year at Worlds. You can have a bunch of guys 900 and up. Like, I mean, like five or six guys 900 and up. And I mean, up into, like, if the Anatoly's there, yeah, we're it talking mid nine hundreds. Yes, it can go. It can go over nine fifty. Well, it, it could for over. sure. Like whether it's different with travel, internet. And this yes, is one thing course. that people don't like. Like some people who don't do international travel, international yes. travel is a motherfucker. Time zones and the whole nine. Even if it's not a time zone, international like travel in a plane yep. and do all this. Um, it's different. Different. It's but different. man, the one hundred fives. Like I, it's weird because I'm a fan watching and I get to call it, uh, you know, like on the broadcast, uh, do you get excited for it? Or are you like, it's tough because you can't really watch it and enjoy it because like do when, when the competition's happening, do you pay attention to the scoreboard and watch people? Or are you just in the zone? You got to do your thing. And, and yes, yes. Because my judgment is always based on, as I told you, I come to, I'm, I come to take the win if I can to make my biggest total, but of course to place myself. And if I can get a place then I will do it. So I always look at what people do because it can influence what I have to put on the like horror movement or even just like, usually that's what I told you when that I, I will pull what I have to pull is I just see how I place myself after squat. And I'm like, okay, I pretty much know what I can bench. And then I pretty much know what I have to pull. So I, I can already say, okay, Calculation are easy, quick math. This this has to be loaded, and that's why I have, I have to because I also have to like have some kind of control to on like the competition to like you know be able to prepare myself and not just go like there. A thing I hate, for example, is just to pull something without knowing what I have to pull. You know, I know some people like that. They're like, okay, we just put you what you have to pull, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I want to know. I want to know what is on oh, the bar. Oh, really? Because- yeah, I, I love it because it's just different. First of all, there is like huge goals about about mine. So like if if I know I have to pull more than I ho- like ever did, then I will be even more fired than if I do not. And also I just see how it places me. And if, if I pull for a first place, I don't pull with the same, I don't know, man, it's just different in my head. It, there's something going on, there's a click. And if I pull for a place, if I pull for a win, if I, it's just different. Yeah, no, I, dude, for you, you would, you could tell people like, listen, I operate differently. My, I, the way my mind works, it's different. I approach things differently. Believe yeah. me. You know, everything you told me about your past, it's like, don't worry. You're not going to freak me out. Give me the fucking number because I'll, I'll let <laughs> That's why, up. that's <laughs> why, for, for example, when you did the power of ranking, see, I, I watched your podcast. I saw everything and I looked what you say for the one and five yeah. and no one, no one called me in the podium. And I was like, okay, that's man, true. Okay, that's- man. Yeah, but you get to laugh now because here we are, but it's true. Um, yeah, it's tough, man, to see people coming sometimes because um, you're so young too, right? And you hadn't done it yet, but fucking here we are, man. And yeah. you're right there. Like this was, I mean, you, you. I don't want you to tell me exactly what you're doing, like what your projected is because it could give away too much. I don't, or do you think it even matters? Like, what are you expecting your top end to be because you're saying look at if i'm close enough to win cool do you feel comfortable saying what you hope your top end is going to be in terms of kilo total or do you or do you just want to keep that to yourself and make, no ah. i have no problem saying okay it. i think if i'm around my best it can get to like 940 or something 940 Whoa, yeah it can be 940 yes. yeah. coco that is a <laughs> fucking monster at 22 holy shit my man um well look at let me tell you 
I mean, you're, it was a year ago that, you know, you were at the last world. So you have plenty of time to have added and, and you. So you had to pull out of the French nationals. Are you healthy now? Like, is, yeah, is there, just, okay. This is, this was really funny because, so I pulled that from Europeans because I had like a back injury and like I tried from the last second, but I was just not able to, and I could have show it, but I will have squat 280. So I was like, nah, that just makes no sense. And for French national, I was ready, man. And I was about to, like, I, I knew I could done something great, but like five days prior to the comp, I just discovered I had COVID. Okay, it was that's COVID, not an injury. That's, gotcha. No, that's just, that's just COVID. So I was like, okay, man, I do test every day. And even if I, like, I was training at like midnight for to, after everyone, after, after the gym was closed alone. And I was like, I'm still going there. Don't worry. And then... I had to leave on Friday because it was on the opposite side of the France. So it's like 10 hours of driving at least. And I was competing on, on Saturday. And on Friday, I heard that I was not like positive anymore at like 6 p.m. So mm. I will have had to drive from 7 to like 4 in the morning and compete at like, it was, I think I competed at like 10 or something. So it was just not doable. Logistically, it wasn't feasible. Yeah. yeah, yeah, especially since it's not just if I had to, I also just went from COVID. I lost like five kgs in four days and I did not eat anything. I, I was feeling really bad for like not so long for one of two days, but still it, it like it hit me. It's so, not worth the risk. You could yeah. easily get hurt if you walk yes, in like, definitely. you know, over 10 pounds lighter. Um, yeah, no kid. No, it's not worth it. How about um, some of the other people coming from France? How's Penna doing? Because he was injured last, and yeah, he's injured, but he is like he knows what he has to do. I think he knows what he has to do, and I'm pretty confident about him. Like he's injured, but we're doing like poor thing, and it's three, it's three movements. So yes, maybe it will be a bit down on one, but there's two others, and I think he has what he has, like he has some some things left in the tank to to show what he has to show on the others. So I'm really not concerned about him. Cause it's um he's meant the 105 is a stack absolutely stacked 66 is a stack too man red hot it actually tomorrow i have an interview uh, a podcast I, I don't like saying interview because it's not question yeah. when i say interview people think question and answer but we just talk man it's not really interview yeah. but um i got a podcast with joe jordan from the u.s who's coming in from usvi and he's hit a 700 kilo total and he'll be he'll be neck and neck it, like the 66 is his neck and neck bro Jonathan Garcia was a phenomenal, he's coming in through the U S and, um, his podcast, his story is fucking crazy good. Uh, but Jonathan Garcia in the 66 is, uh, glad kick in Ilya, unfortunately will not be there obviously because Russian, there's no Russian athletes, Yeah. but, uh, so that's too bad. He's already dealt with glad kick and, um, but Ilya is a young up and coming 66. Yeah, he's a future. He he's definitely a future contender. You know, um, it's super funny. young. I have a story with him. Tell if me. He about wants. It. So, oh, yeah. We like he, he has, he's about my age. I think he's one year like younger. If I, maybe it's 2001. And we matched every Europeans and world like in sub junior. And every time I, I beat him, and I did not even like really realize that, like because I was not really looking at Wilkes, because as I told you when I was sub junior, I was really pissed at every competition because I was like, mm -mm, that's not where I have to be. I have to go to the big boys. And right like six months ago or something he just dm me and he said in russian because uh like uh, they're not really good in like english basically right. and he, he, he sent me a really funny message and he said like 
I was here every competition or something like this. I was be I was like just behind you, but watch your back or something like this. And I was oh like, okay. shit! I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing: this dude is like a hundred pounds smaller than you, so it feels weird for someone to talk about that. It's he's talking about sports, obviously, yeah, but it still is kind of like okay, settle down though. Yeah, and I was like, okay, I'm there. I mean, I from what I've seen, I beat you first, fourth time, so maybe just once again, or you will be there, but we will see. And I was like, oh, okay, this man, this man, and he was really nice with me because he was commentating my pictures, like well done and everything. And then he oh. sent me that. He sent me that, and I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. He's probably, and that's the thing. Like, I think um, it's in a good way. Like, um, yeah, yeah, you know, sports, like, like yeah, like sports rival, like. He wants you to do well, but he wants to beat you. Like, like you and Anatoly, where you're like, yeah. look, I want him to do well, but I, I have to beat him. I want yeah. to win. But I, nothing against him personally. It's the same deal. It's weird, yeah, right? Yeah, and I think it's just normal. And yeah. I wish him the same. Like, I, I, don't, I, don't, like, I don't wish him to beat me. I wish him to yeah. do his best. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But I, I hope he will be not be enough to, to beat me. And I'm, I will make sure he will not be enough to beat me. He's coming up, though. It's weird because yeah. there's two things there. There's two things going on there. Now, first off, he's a young guy, and holy fuck, does he have everybody excited in Russian about the 66s, and he's going to overtake Gladkick and become Russia's 66 and come to world. So not only is he kicking down your door saying, I'm going to take you on points, but he's going head-to-head with your boy. Yep. Like, he's going head-to-head with your boy, like, on he two will. fronts. And not now, not this time, hopefully in the future. Um It'll but be him and Penna directly, and then I, you on points. It's fucking like it, you know. I don't mind. I love this man. I just, I, I don't, I don't have no problem. I can carry, like as I said, uh, my my like model is just to carry the whole country on 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 my shoulder, and I would love to be this for friends. Like, if if I'm there and I'm like like if you're watching anime, I'm like all night. I'm like there. It, it's me. Uh, I'm if, if you talk about friends, I'm there. My shoulders are there and I'm still carrying the friends and they can come at me. There's no problem. And I know that I still have my boys with me too. So I, I just love this. It just gets me in the mood, you know? So I have no problem you, with it. You could be like, hey, playboy. I'm the final boss. <laughs> yes, that's it. That's it. I'm, I'm the there. final boss. I'm, I'm waiting for it. Just go. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just love this because like this, this is something I always say like, I'm not really into trash talk because I think people get it wrong, but it's always, it's just funny to spice things up a bit, you know, and to say, hey man, like, I know you're here and I have no problem, come, come at me. And it's like, it's everything. I've done the same when I was younger with like the guy I told you with the 400 cage and I always been like this, I'm just playing. Of course I am. And I will, I will always be like this because it's just all oh, you bring a bit more like spice into the, into the thing. Look, in 10 years, um, the same people can cross each other's paths and it's like so far in the past you're like you it is whatever dude it's sports but it's like you said it's what makes a mo- moment you all care and you if you keep it in sports and you understand like I got you I got like I don't take it I don't take it personally is the thing like we if you know what I mean there's a difference like I, I the older I get the less I try to take things personally even if it's at me a personal thing on me it's like yeah but you don't this is actually not personal you don't know yeah. me know me and you're not actually talking about me me we're talking no, in sports about, and first most of the time when you talk about sports and you say something like i will beat you you're not saying that it will be bad you're just saying that we'll, you will be better and that's way that's it, man. Yeah. and they're supposed they have to and the fact they're actually vocalizing it if it's a post a podcast whatever 
it's not like dirty. It's more, no, they're just like yeah. creating hype, creating some tension, creating whatever, it creating is, a moment. It, creating, it makes a yes, moment. Exactly. Make yeah. a moment happen. And, it's, and, it, and to be honest, like health than just creating a moment, it is what I think. When I say that I, I will be the best and I want to be the best, it is just what I think. I'm not saying it to trigger people that are better than me and then think, think the same as I do. I just think I will be. And as I said, for me, it's inevitable and I will, I will be the best. And that's just how it is. But like, I'm not saying that people will be bad or anything. That's just dumb. And I wish like all the people that will go against me to be as good as they can. Because as I say, for me, competition is something that just fires you and just gets you to the next level. So obviously I want people to be good. And it's what makes it compelling when you have people come on the podcast who all feel like I'm going to be the best I am. And they're so confident and there can, well, any given year, there can only be one. And that's when, and when it's not like just somebody talking, they are actually in the hunt. They're actually that close. They're not like in ranked, like, you know, so far back where it's like, okay, okay. It's like, no, no, no. This is legit. If anything, top five, all these guys can't do it. Like, like, like there are, you know, Russell or he's like, don't come up to me and be like, I'm next. I'll see you at nationals. And then when I look you up, you're like rank 15th. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, he's like, don't do that because you're, you make yourself look silly. But it is not the case. No, at this world, when you look at the world. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, this is the thing with you. You get like the best athlete in the world in power thing. So everyone that says that to you is actually someone that can make it. Yes, they can. Yeah. that's what makes it even more like, like I'll say entertaining to hear. Cause it's real. And the thing is too, if one of them doesn't like, cause only one out of five is going to become world champ, right. Or one out of six or whoever's actually in contention. It isn't like, I'm still glad those other four are chasing and believe yes. in like they have, like I'm, and people look back and be like, will they be embarrassed that they no fucking you should be embarrassed if you never had something you felt so strong about when at it didn't have a dream. You don't feel bad for the kid chasing a dream. Feel bad for the yes, kid who doesn't have a dream to chase. Exactly. Man. You know what and I'm saying? Dumb. It's yes, dumb. Like, as I told you, it's exactly the direction of the, of the guy. I, I told him I will pull 400. He was like, ha, 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 ha. And I, I'm not saying I will pull 400 in two, in two days or in two weeks or even not in two years at that time. I'm just saying I will do it. And if I'm not doing it now or if I miss it, then it's fine. I have no problem with it. As I said, I have many, many other other opportunities and other years to do it. And if it's not now, it will just be later. And I will do it at some point. And this is like this for everyone. That's why everyone's saying that there is many years when you can prove yourself. And no matter what you want to be, just shaming someone for having big goals is just stupid. I and got no it. matter what he is, that's that's the one thing I don't understand with Russell Ori, like saying if you're top 15, then what does that mean? If you're top 15 one day, but the next year you can be top one, that just doesn't mean anything. Well, what I, what I think Russell meant is um, leading into that nationals, like, like, like in the media, oh, okay. he posted, okay. he was like, cause you have to know your time. Like it's one thing it's so it's okay to be tough. Like I'm sure Russell would be like, look at if you're top being 15, you have goals. Sure. But you shouldn't necessarily follow, like run into me and start talking about you're coming after me in mm. my impression. Like I'm still, me too right like i got pride so when you come at me talking like you're gonna take my spot and i look at you it'll be like pick your spots man it's different to be like someday i'm gonna be big and it's different to be like i'm gonna knock you Uh, off your pedestal i'm coming for you and it's like do you want me to reply to you like you're confident (laughs) i can i can (laughs) i can reply back to you just as confident and it'll hurt your feelings like you're putting me on the spot here where he's like 
doggy. Like, okay, it's cool, but like, you know, everybody's got confidence. I also have pride. You know what I mean? Whereas you and the other guy, wasn't you telling him, I'm coming after you. I'm going to take what you have. You were saying, this is what I want to do. Russell's talking about people being like, I'm coming after you and I'm going to take what you have. And Russell's like, do you want me to reply to that? (laughs) <laughs> like, like, like i will you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah it's yeah. like you know the meme like the, the meme that came out with like eminem and i, I like there's a journalist that says uh, this guy said something about you and he says Boo, like this like yeah. multiple times this is this is like this like that's what it man, is you, that's you have to what compare, it is. like it's okay to have big goals but it, you don't need to be cocky with someone that is way better than you because, yeah or, or put them on the spot where it's like dog how am i supposed to receive what you're saying yeah what do you so like it's better, <laughs> i say okay you're gonna be better than, than me which means that you i don't build on myself when i'm the best so like i'm talking for Russell right now which is yeah. just stupid because he's and it's just a weird question it's just like you're just trying to trigger the guy you know and that's like, what it is okay. yeah yeah if it's like you're not here yet you know you're not, if the person had been like you know i don't know there's just ways of approaching it you put yeah, them on the course. spot though to reply and it's and Russ like, come on, man, I'm not gonna reply yeah. or or I don't know how I'm supposed to reply to this. But anyways, um, yeah, I mean it's sports. What how did you feel about the announcement of Sheffield? Sheffield's back, the fucking money is insane, doggy. <laughs> 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 and, and it's getting bigger. Like the yeah, increase, that's the, thing. the the increase is big. So if not, like like I mean, every year it's gonna get bigger. Like, like that's, that's this that's year. Logic. Next that's the yeah. logic, yeah. Yes, uh, well. There's there was a lot of controversy that I saw people saying like oh um, people were saying that USAPL USAPL was like um, for people uh, people that were just thinking about money blah 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 and I'm like just stop it that just makes no sense because first of all in any sports where you just up the cash price from what was it before five thousand euros when you were the best in the world galaxy from this this is just next this is not even next level this is like next universe this is this is just putting the game to a whole other level and obviously will make the, the sport more the sport more professional and it will just make lifter better for what just simply because they know they can make a living out of it which means they don't have to work aside they don't have to spend any energy or any time to do anything else than policing they can just focus on that and if they are the best then they can live out of it and they can live a really good life they can make like they can have like all of their loved loved one have a good life too and it's more than this like more money than one people need for a year if you make a really good spot so obviously a meet like this is huge for the sport because it's just the first step of making the sport way more professional than it has ever been there, there's a difference between um saying like if i if my goal my dream is to become a world champion and you said can I give you a check for $5,000, $10,000 or whatever? And, and, I, and, and people be like, you can't buy that experience, that dream, that everything from me to represent my nation and everything that goes with a true international event. You can't buy that, sir. But then if I tell, so I say, no, thank you. I'm going to go this route. And then if you say, fine, you can go that route, but I'm also going to put a $50,000 yeah. check at the end exactly. to win. And I'm going to celebrate. And be like, this holy fuck, I get to do my dream and I collect the check. And if I'm happy about that, that doesn't make me a hypocrite. Yes, That's the thing not. where people need but to, like, that doesn't exactly. make any sense to be like, now you're, I didn't say money doesn't exist or money doesn't change my life. I value I'm saying, experience. Yeah, prioritizing me. wise, yeah, this is I'll just take normal. the world title. But if you tell me I don't have to choose anymore, holy fuck, 
That's amazing. And, and this is just logic. I, I don't even see why people would argue like this. I think they're just like pissed off about the fact that they choose the wrong, they choose the wrong way. I think that's just how it is. Like you have, you have to be honest. Like if you're, if you're, if you're staying like, I choose to go to world, first of all, because I don't have just this choice. But if I, even if I could, I will choose because I want to represent my country. And the problem with USAPL is that there's USA in it, which means it's just USA. So it, it doesn't feel the same because it's just a country. And yes, it can be competitive because there's a lot of people in USA, but it, it, it's not how it works. And it's less and less just about USA. And that's what I have to understand. And even if it's about USA now, it's about USA in their country, their meets, their national. But for the last world we have seen, we don't see much of USA. So you, you just have to realize that you cannot just make a sport about just your country. That's not how it works. Because if you want to, for it to feel big and to have like, um, like, for just to have a way bigger impact, you have to make it worldwide. And to, have, to make it worldwide, you cannot have a federation and something that is just based in one country. And otherwise, it's, it will just be like the NBA, like the NBA or the NFL. But it's just it's not the same because this sport is not born in America or it's, it's not only based in America. There is so much big lifters coming from everywhere else, and you don't get drafted like you get in NBA. So it's just different. That's thank you for following because it it isn't the same as NBA and NFL. Those comparisons don't work. And for everything you just said. Um, American football is American football. So you can have the best in America, but powerlifting is a global event. So if you try to follow a model that is a sport predominantly American and say, we'll do it like, it'll be like that. It's just like you said, it's like, well, no though, because it's already global. It's already yeah. in 120 it's too, nations. It's too, late. Yeah, exactly. it's too late. You can't pretend that all of these people around the world, like Coco, Pena, Anatoly, Gustav or yeah. fucking Leah Bavoa, Jessica Bittner. You yeah. can't pretend They'll they don't like, exist. Okay. You can't cut them off That's just, yeah. and be like, like you see the world's roster is fucking stacked. It's too late to be like, let's just cut them all off, start our own sport. Like in, it'll be predominantly mm-hmm. American. It, you can't do that now. Yes. They, the rest of the world has to be involved. The thing is the rest of the world is not going to be like, like you said, okay, let's come to a championship that's United States of America powerlifting worlds yeah. or United okay, States of America powerlifting yeah. Canadian nationals it's or United States of America Australian nationals. Yeah. It, it sounds what, like what they don't it? really, the rest of the world is like, that is a slap in the fucking, no, you, <laughs> there'll be like, it doesn't work. That, yes, that of course, idea. it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. And yeah, I mean, the, the main thing, and like I, I, I like the idea of USAPL, like like doing cash prizes and things. This is a good thing for the sport, and that's why SBD is doing yes. a really good thing about doing. And this is obviously yes. the way the sport has to go. But this doesn't mean you have to just make it about one state, one country, and about just themselves. This doesn't. This just doesn't feel right. And for everyone, even for publicity, like if you want to make your sport go big, how do you think people will be like when, when someone gets to him and I say, they say, oh yes, I'm the best USAPL or I'm the best like athlete of the USA Federation in the world. No, this, this, is, this is not how it works. It's like having 15 federations in one sport. It doesn't make sense. You have one big federation and it dominates every other one. And that's just how it is. For 99% of the sport, there's maybe exception, like like in martial arts or things like this, but even that there's still one that is dominating, dominating way more than the other. And it's just all it has to be. It's um like, yeah, like, so exactly what you said too, not everything they're doing is like, I, 
like Money Meets wasn't invented by USAPL, obviously. So, but like um, like Sheffield was coming around 2020 before the Pro Series was an idea. Sheffield was already being like in 2019 it was announced at the ipf world championships in sweden they made the announcement at the banquet sheffield's coming a money meet to the ipf and covid locked it down so it wasn't like um you know this isn't ipf lifters are now changing face this was always there this was always on the table and then it left and they stayed ipf and now it's back in their ipf and if it leaves again they're still staying ipf this isn't changing, right? And the thing funny that, pe- that people from the USAPL just have to understand too is that Sheffield for now, it's about 20 lifters on the whole world. It's really, really exclusive. It's not just for 99.99% of the lifter, they, they know they will probably never win something here or they will never make it, but yet they still choose to go to world. And this is, this, you cannot compare it. It's really exclusive. It's for the best of the best, really. And so you cannot say for someone that is like, a good international because there is like a difference between just a good international lifter and someone that can go to Sheffield. It's another level. And if you're an international lifter, it's not enough to be like, okay, I'm saying I'm saying IPF because there's Sheffield. No, no, this this is not how it works because you probably know that you won't get any penny of this money for your life. It's yeah. just that it's something big for the world sport, not not just for the money that the athlete will take from it. Yeah, it's and, and um, so again though. It is true. Like, look, USAPL does a good job at, at running money meets, like the, the way they look and they, and some of the, you know, like the, they have, there's a lot of positives and it's, if they want to split due to all the reasons they said perfectly fine. And you could do your own thing and there's, it's fine. You know what I mean? It's uh, you can have it and it's, there's a lot of positives you could do and a lot of like pro card ideas and stuff like that, that makes it, you know, interesting over there. And if that works for people, absolutely great. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just the, if, 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 if it starts getting like your morally, you know, like I'm doing this for my morals or I'm doing the moral high ground is is a tough one. That's when you started getting people upset. It comes from, from at the first point to be against the IPF. That's basically how they brand it. They were like, okay, they are not in a, like, in all we think about the sport. So we will go against them and we will like how them. And this is the, the word. This is not a good way to approach thing. Like, why would you try to con- like, you know, that doing this, you have to confront yourself, but you cannot base your marketing among that. That's just dumb. Well, it's, it's more um, when they were splitting, it was a whole lot of, um, morally, I morally, I have to do this morally. We have to yes, do that man, ethically. When you talk like that though, it means yeah. and if someone's not, they're not morally as high as you are. They're not more, that's where so they are shit. you'll start creating animosity. And I don't know, like, that's where yeah. some people are like, fuck man, that's it's, tough. You gotta be, and <laughs> you have to be honest. The most of their argument were just like, yes, they were true in a way, but not really. Like, they're saying that there's not enough, like, doping control or there's there not transparency about it, man. Like, most of the big country and the people that are to world and are competitive have. Like, for example, I don't know any country that has more control than France. We have we probably have one of the hardest, like, doping, doping control system in the world. And we still are becoming against like uh, among the best nationality in the world and all of the, the the biggest nationality like countries have that too like so you cannot you you can understand that in a way it's unfair but 
you cannot just base your whole argumentation on like, oh, there's no internet of control, so it's not fair for our lifter. No, that's not true because everyone lives the same. Like in every big countries, when there's when it's like a country that is at least a bit like developed and like pretty much the whole European like system is, then there is doping control because it doesn't come from your country itself. It comes from the WADA. That's why there is a world agency. So I don't get most of the arguments. It is what it is, man. That's why. That's why we mm-hmm. had the, the, you know, the IPF in USAPL had to part ways. Uh, it's tough. The biggest, the biggest hurt is obviously, uh, you know, splitting with the lifters and whatnot. The levels, right? But on the flip side, um, you know, people can choose and and go whatever route they want to go. And uh, I mean, fuck me. Oh, so end of no, the day, we'll, no, we'll see. We'll change. Not that Sheffield has been announced. You, we will see who wants to change federation <laughs> well i mean if, they, if if you were going for money and that was the key thing was money like then well that, that's change. the flip side of it if you were just going for money then that's a massive really fast that's a big one but i don't know if like again like i i don't that's the one percent of one percent of one percent and that's the one percent of one yeah. percent for every sport is is you know who's going to make money money i think most people don't go into powerlifting about money. Of course. Who oh, goes like, into powerlifting for money? You like, get a yeah, fucking day rich. job. No. <laughs> like, like yeah. very if few you, people. If you, if you invested 1%. all the time. Like if I invested all the nine, nine hours I spend in the gym in a business, I swear I'll be richer than I am now. <laughs> <in my father. laughs> yeah, you do because you love it for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's tough. It's a tough one. But it's uh, Sheffield is going to be exciting. I can't wait to yeah. fucking be there, yeah. man. And um, even just the money so that's the money they're putting in in terms of the prize the money they're putting in in terms of production in the whole nine it's yeah. going to be crazy it uh, is like even just the like the trailer was just insane I was like okay this is this is like a movie trailer like where like where do i apply like where it is i have to go there <laughs> you need the address they are leveling up with the yeah. trailers and um the standard is going to be crazy by the time we get to Sheffield. We're still like pretty far out, but yeah, I got super hyped, man. I think everybody got yeah, pretty hyped, yeah. even just to watch it. Fuck it. Yes, like most course. 99% of people aren't going to be there or 99.9%, but everybody's going to be watching. Man, it's, it's like, it's for, to compare with the NBA, it's like the playoffs. It's, you, you, even if you don't know about basketball, you just go there because you know, it's going to be insane. Yeah. You know, You're paying attention. It's, it's just, you know, that, you don't have to know the sport. You will just go there for the atmosphere and for everything that will go aside of the, the event. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm super duper excited. Um, hopefully this thing just gets bigger and bigger every year. And for you at 22, God knows what it's going to look like. Like God, power, powerlifting period in 10 years time, dude, 10 years is a lifetime from now. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, Hopefully I'm still there in 10 years because <laughs> I started young. So I don't know if I will still be like, like the way up in 10 years, but we'll see. In, in, in the future, do you plan on transitioning into a, a more of a coaching role? Like, do you always want to be a part of powerlifting? I know it's difficult at 22 mm-hmm. to foresee, but is that what you were thinking? Like, I want to be, or, you know, later on when you're done with it, maybe you pull back, maybe I finish school. No, nah, I will never go to school anymore. Okay, yeah, that's, that, that's the thing. That's the thing I know. That's the thing I know. And uh, like, uh, I'm, I'm still like, like putting, like, I'm still going really heavy on like the coaching aspect and everything, just because I love it. It's it, of course there is like financial aspect about it because it makes me leave, but I just love it. So I think that even in ten or fifteen years, I don't. Maybe I will not have 
as much people, but I will still do it because this is just something I'm, I'm also passionate about it. Because as I told you, for me, powerlifting is not just about me and my progress, but it's also maybe on like making people discover how cool it can be and how, how can it look when you just get obsessed with it, basically. So yeah, I will still continue, I think. Dog, it saved your life, it changed your life, and it's, <laughs> it's now providing for you financially. I'm, I'm going to create a religion and this is probably thing was going to be my God among and yeah. then I will pray every day. <laughs> That's it. Man. And the gods have chosen me. I am the righteous. I'm going to win this thing. Um, listen, man, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. We've done over two hours now. We crushed it quick and easy, man. Like this flowed pretty nicely. I do. It yeah. would. Um, I can't wait for the world championships and the one Oh fives, man. Uh, what, what hotel are you in? Do you know? I think I'm in the official hotel. There's just two or something. I think I'm not sure. Four though. I'm in Cascades. I think so. Okay, I'll, I'll, I will tell you because I, I don't okay. know because like it's we don't re- like we don't book for anything. They they, oh. they do it and they they tell us after. So I'll, I I don't really know. Are you there for the banquet? Yeah, I will. But I think Pana will not. Oh really? Yeah, because so this year the national director like took the tickets and we made like two groups. So there will be only the, like the heaviest uh, weight classes there for the banquet. So I'm, I'm, I'm coming from the sixth. Uh, so I arrived the seventh and until I think the banquet is on the 11th night and I'm going back home on the 12th. 12th. Penn has got to extend, like pay for the extra hotel you himself. Cannot. No. So no, we will go, but in theory i think he cannot and if he wants to then he will have to take the flight back too because oh, it's wow. already taken and it's a bit of like a strange of a story so yeah it is what it is we can leave it there yeah well either way man i ain't lifting so every night i could after penna is done we can hang out whatever they should i can hang out several nights we, i can party every single night if you want <laughs> so it is that's the difference when you're doing media and when you're an athlete <laughs> but well, uh I mean, but you still uh, have to hold hold up the long run because it's it's I mean like it's still long when you have to commentate through the whole day for twenty yeah. days you cannot say that it's easy. No, no, it is. Yeah, for sure, it's not easy. It's weird, man. I freaking when I get there though, like when I go out and I quote unquote party, it's not like I'm getting drunk. I'm just there. Like I don't miss because I when I go to my hotel room, I don't sleep. I can't sleep. The energy is insane. Yeah. Like I, it doesn't matter how tired I am. I'm I'm fueled. So you don't sleep. No, nah, man. You just so, need to come on to it and see the, the, the lifters, and you're like, okay, I, I got my energy for the day. And then the <laughs> next day is crazy. So I'm I that's why when I hang out, like I'm not gonna sit in my hotel room by myself. Energy can turn into anxiety when you're by yourself just chilling in a hotel room, four walls. It's like, no, nah, I'm gonna go downstairs, I'm gonna talk to people, hang out with people, and um, you know what I mean? And then like I could party party on the banquet. But... Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just different because we just meet all around the world for this event and we just all share the same obsession so it's just different it's just different we'll we'll see each other there my friend thank you for coming on much appreciated keep in touch dude um stay healthy and fuck man i'll see you in sun city south africa yeah i say i say numbers so now i have to i have to like prove prove what i said so uh, well I'll, I'll do, do your best it is what it's oh before i let you go how do people get a hold of you for coaching 
so the, the easiest is just either you send me an email, which is like on my Instagram, or you can just directly send me a DM. Like, honestly, I prefer DM because I think it's a bit more personal than just an email. So I can get like a feeling of who it is. And I think it's just more personal. So I prefer it. So yes, the best thing is just send me a DM on Instagram and we'll just talk about it. And your Instagram for anyone listening? SBD forever. SBD forever. So, and the four is yeah. the number four. Yeah. And you see, like I, I chose that when I was 17 and now I'm doing like free SBD a week. So uh, you're more in line. I, I saw in the future. <laughs> you weren't lying, man. It was a prophecy. <laughs> Listen, my man, much appreciated. And I'll see you in South Africa. Okay. Thanks, man. Have a good night. Six up, man. We are out.